From around the world, this is the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. Sonic Speaks. It's Sonic Speaks, and I'm Jack Ward, and I'm here with Austin Beach and Drew Prophet who together make at least part of the core team of Broken Bard Studios. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you today? Hey, Jack. How's it going? Thanks for having us. Good. Hey, yeah, I appreciate it. How's everybody doing? Great. And that's true. So there there is a couple of other people that do stuff with uh, Broken Bard. Broken Bard, you know, I would say it's it's fairly new, but you guys have been around for a while, and and Broken Bard's probably about two years in right now, isn't it? We used to be, as you know, we used to be known as Audio Oblivious Productions. We were responsible for Winnebago Warrior. Absolutely. And we decided to retire that name and move on in a different direction. And we're now Broken Bard Studios. Yep. Yeah, and you know, Winnebago Warrior is more of a comedic show. Mm-hmm. I'd like to say that because it's it's not news to anybody who's listened to it. I want you to know that it's not designed <laughs> to be comedy. It's not comedy. It's very funny. <laughs> but Broken Bard tends to be a lot more serious. I You haven't done a single comedy show yet. Uh, we actually have one coming. Okay. But yes, as of yet, no, we have not released one. One under our new name. Yeah, we, we kind of almost even consider it the uh, spiritual successor to Winnebago Warrior in a, in a way. Oh, okay. It's cool. the same, I guess you could say it's the same type of humor, but it's an entirely different setting. Yeah. All right. Does it have a title at all? Or Yeah. Good. Go okay. ahead, Drew. All right. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to tell me. I, I didn't to tell me. Oh, uh, yeah. Actually, <laughs> it's, it's called Space Billies. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. And uh, Jeremy uh, is actually writing that one. And Jeremy is a very, very funny man. So this should be a really, really funny series. It's been fun recording it. You want to tell the audience Jeremy's last name? Or are we just Jeremy Hennessy. Jeremy. So, That's what I thought. Yeah. Jeremy Hennessy. There's a lot of Jeremy's out there, but that was the first person I thought of. Not to be confused <laughs> with he Jeremy. He could be like Kibosh Madonna, yet. Jeremy. Yeah, Jeremy, you're like Madonna. You just go by the first name from now on. <laughs> right. Okay. So Jeremy Hennessy is part of Broken Bard Studios. Who else is part of it? Uh, Mike Jansen and uh, okay. Danielle Reese. And then okay. we have our two remote members. Uh, those are uh, the, the people we've mentioned so far, the people that are uh, we all meet on Saturdays at mm. the studio. And then we have Dane Leonardson, um, who lives right. in the wilds of Montana uh, amongst bears and, and I think a couple moose. I'm not sure. And yeah. uh, then <laughs> Sarah Golding, who uh, lives obviously over in the UK uh, for anybody that right. recognizes her name. But she's been with us since Audio Oblivious started. Uh, she obviously did Lizzie McCoy in Winnebago Warrior. Right. So. <laughs> Yeah, and a great team, and just a couple of you know extra things like Dane, for example, for those people who don't know, Dane Leonardson, I'm contractually obligated not to say that he's my favorite composer in the audio drama world. <laughs> he's so, <laughs> so good, though. I know, that's what I mean. It's it's I could get in a lot of trouble if I did say he was. Right. So uh, <laughs> We'll say it for you. But he's a, Dane's our favorite. Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. He's amazing. What are the parts do the other people play? I know Sarah, everybody knows Sarah is you know one of those people who's in so many different and audio dramas so she does a lot of acting right what do other people do like you mean within broken bards yeah well we all we've all contributed in some fashion or form to the writing when we did video game world news tonight as audio oblivious we all worked on that together a couple people wrote uh, singular episodes but for the majority of it it was a, it was a group effort everybody does voice acting you know at this point 
we all kind of have our own little projects or series that we're writing. Austin actually has been working on a project too that will, I'll keep that under wraps. He can talk more about it if he wants, but uh, he, he has so much on his plate as our producer, our sound guy, that he doesn't get to put as much time into that as he wants. But it, it's, I personally think it's a fantastic series from what I've read and where we're going on it. But I mean, that's a little bit down the road. So Austin, you're looking to have somebody else do all the production and do all the writing yourself. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I, I <laughs> No, <laughs> no, no, he's stuck. He's stuck would. behind the yes. soundboard. That's a, <laughs> well, well, basically what we're saying is we'll let him write every now and then, you know, yeah. <laughs> just sort of push a pencil under the door. And when it comes back as a nub, you can give him another one. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. He gets another That's loaf of enough. moldy bread. <laughs> So for those people who haven't subscribed to the feed, the feed has A Bitter Place, The Uncertainty Principle, Bunker 11, Wisdom of Dreams, House of Leaf and Ash, and Dark Scent. So I want to go over a couple of these things because I just finished re-listening to them all tonight in preparation and cleaning my fridge, which was a good thing to do. And A Bitter Place was interesting. There's a bunch of things. There's a number of really interesting themes I found in that. So I want to talk about where your writing comes from, because there are things like elements of family and how important that is, Mm -hmm. aspects of the apocalypse and dreams. So those are like the three big things that I caught if I could pull all the stuff out of there. Do you guys want to talk to any of those things as why those things are are important in the writing in Broken Bar? As far as the apocalyptic overtones of uh, a few of our stories, that really wasn't by design, really. I I mean, obviously, you know, it's an interesting subject. We try to vary our stories as much as possible. It just so happened that a few of them happened to be apocalyptic and for some reason we we decided to release those all in conjunction with each other right and we kind of feel bad about a bitter place i mean don't get me wrong like it i love it it's a great story but i'm like it i don't i feel bad about recommending for people to listen to it now due to the current situation because it's kind of you know like a a pandemic sort of situation sort of hits in that story and and i'm like wow uh that was that was kind of foreshadowing unintentionally uh, for 2020. We didn't mean to do that. I don't think you should be too worried about it though, because if you take a look at Netflix, like the number one shows people are watching are all that. Well, that's right? true. Contagion, yeah, that's true. zombie movies. People lean into the stuff that scares them, right? Right. And I really loved like the ending of A Bitter Place because you could have ended it at the end with them being dead, not like fast forwarding to the future with you no know, people basically starting right, it all right. over again, which was a really interesting like tag in the end, which is kind of fun. Yeah, Jeremy actually, Hennessy, because yeah, he hasn't worked his way up to one name yet. I think you have to get, <laughs> it takes a little bit of time. But, um, yeah, he's actually been our, uh, since the Broken Bards relaunch, been our most prolific writer because he did Bitter Place right. and he did House of Leaf and Ash and then... Uh, and Bunker 11. Bunker 11, yeah. What role do you like to play the most if you had your druthers, as we used to say, Drew? You know, we know that Austin's deep into the production side of things. What's your favorite part to do? Upheaving Austin's position as leader of Broken Bards. <laughs> <laughs> Plotting, scheming, overthrowing. <laughs> Who doesn't been, love all of that? <laughs> right. Yeah. I've been trying to convince him to get us a Broken Bards title belt because I keep telling him I'm going to take it from him with a chair <laughs> shot in the middle of an interview, but he doesn't buy me. He's not going that for it. That seems to be an overarching theme around here. I, uh, I, I sh- we, we have a, a, a shared Google Drive folder that we all are able to access and add to and whatever. 
and I shared access with Dane, you know, you know, he's our official mm-hmm. composer, one of our voice actors or whatever. And I just, I, you know, I sent him the link saying, here, you got access to this and, you know, didn't say a word about it. He's like, all right, cool. Thanks. And then a few days later, I'm happened to be scrolling through that particular folder on Google Drive. And I see a separate folder in there that says plot to overthrow Austin. <laughs> it would be really bad if they removed access for you to see it. <laughs> I mean, see the title, but none of the contents. That would right, be right. terrifying. <laughs> so, well, you mentioned acting, eternal acting with stuff. Uh-huh. So do you enjoy that aspect of it as well? Like, where do you fit acting in the roles is what you do? For me, is it a desperation thing or is it just something you enjoy um, adding into? For me, actually, that was what brought me into the group in the first place. Mm. Mike and I have been friends for a long, long time. Mike Jansen. And he has been friends with Austin and Jeremy for a long time. I grew up in a different area uh, of Kentucky than they did. So I didn't meet Mike until I came to college. But he brought me in because we met in acting class in college. And so I've always kind of been involved somewhat in either actually acting or, you know, I made the pro wrestling jokes. I was actually in pro wrestling for like 10 years as a manager and a a booker. Oh, wow. So I've always kind of done performance stuff. And then Mike's like, hey, you know, my friend Austin and I are are starting an audio drama group. Do you want to come and do some voice acting? I was like, yeah, sure. It sounds like fun. So I started doing that. Honestly, I I started helping contribute to the writing because I like to write as well. And then the Dark Send, which we, you know, our ongoing series now has been in my head for quite a long time. Uh, I actually wanted to do it originally as a comic book. And then this came along and I kind of was like, well, hey, I have this story. And, you know, they were all like, hey, we'll do it, put it together. And so, you know, that was a couple years process of getting it put together and, and getting to a point where we were ready to do it. And now we're doing it. For the longest time, I didn't, <clears throat> we kind of put it off. Like, I mean, it's been written in script form for quite a few years now. We put it off because I didn't feel that I was at a point in my sound design abilities to do the story justice. So, you know, at the time, I, I, I and I and actually when I decided, you know what, heck with it, let's let's run with it, let's do it. I actually had to learn quite a few new tricks in order to be able to do it, but I, I'm I'm happy with the results. I'm ecstatic with the results. <laughs> trailer is is fantastic gentlemen Thank this you. is your baby then drew this is something yeah. you came with because it, it does like when you listen to it of course it, it just screams comic books so it's it's lovely to have like an audio comic book kind of feel going on so how many episodes of dark send do you see coming down the pike um grand total uh i have planned 21 episodes that's counting the ones that are out um i'm doing i'm planning it in three seasons at seven episodes a season. And how many are written, if I can ask, from a writer's <laughs> um, perspective? Well, uh, all of season one is written. And nice. uh, aside from a few lines, it's recorded. And actually, we're a little bit ahead on the production on that, too, which is good. Season two, I've written about two episodes, but I have every episode plotted out. Cool. I just actually have to sit down and put you know the words to it and add the meat to the skeleton as it were how long are the episodes uh, they, they've been we've been averaging about 20 minutes Great. an episode there might be a couple that are a little bit longer it was kind of a, a learning process like trying to figure out how many pages translate to how many minutes right you know? and i still don't feel i have a solid grasp on that concept but as i was writing the scripts i once i got to about 
an average of, I would say, 12 to 14 pages per episode, mm-hmm. I was kind of thinking that's probably about right. And so far, it's worked out to be that way. Cool. I think the first episode was like 21 or 22 minutes. The second one was, uh, what, 18-something? Yeah. Uh, or no the, no, the second one was 20, and then the third one's like 18. So what's the release schedule going to be like? Do you know? The 29th of every month. We've released two episodes so far. Oh, cool. You've released two episodes so far. Why do I only have the trailer then? I have to go back and update. We actually put Dark Send on its own separate feed. You'll oh, actually have to okay. look up Dark Send. Yeah. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Our idea is to kind of make it easier to, you know, find stuff so you're not scrolling through, you know, like, oh, here's episode one, two, and three, and then there's like three other things, and then there's episode four, because you know how the feeds read, and you can only organize them so much. Right, and that's that's the problem, right? So, like, the question would be, how long is the wait before the next dark send and all that kind of thing right. for sure. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. This is a off the dark send question because we kind of launched right into it, but it's fine. But I wanted to ask, cause I know Austin and I have talked about this, but it's good to hear both you guys to this. Why did you get into audio drama, Drew? Like what's the excitement for you doing this medium? Cause a lot of people would sit there and say, well, the medium is old medium stuff for now. Um, why not do it as a comic or why not do it as a short story or, you know, why, why audio drama for you? Uh, well, audio drama for me, like I said, initially was because I, you know, got a chance to voice act and um, I, I, I like to perform. Um, you know, I mean, a uh, theater major in college and did theater in high school and like that whole deal. So it was an, another opportunity to perform for me. And it was something I kind of always had thought about, like was doing voice work. And then I've kind of started to really gain an appreciation for it and then learned that it was a challenge as well, especially from a, a writing perspective, because you have to adapt to a uh, no visual medium and as well as not having the extrapolation that you would have like in a novel or a comic or something where you also would have the visual medium. So part of it's like love of performing, the interest in being able to play, you know, a bunch of different characters as well as from a writing standpoint, like learning the challenge of how do I write a script that's going to make sense in an audio medium without, you know, I'm picking the gun up in my left hand to point at you, you know, you don't, (laughs) right. So like that kind of thing, it's, so it's been a challenge as well as a, a love and desire to perform. That is one of the biggest challenges that a lot of people don't seem to realize is that a lot of people you can tell love movies because they write the scripts as if you were trying to watch a movie and mm-hmm. like you said, they either lead too much and, and say stuff that nobody would ever say, or they leave it out and you're lost as to what's going on. I notice a lot of modern people uh, who are doing audio drama or might call it audio fiction, try to lead with a, with a bunch of narration just to try to sort of circumvent the drama side of stuff and just keep it as a first person narration kind of thing that's almost like right. they're doing sort of a, a documentary in some way or another. That's the way they operate. Yeah. You guys do tend to go full bore audio drama and keep it within the medium that way. Is there like, do you have a particular desire in your company to follow a very particular narration voice or, or some kind of point of view that you guys have decided upon? Like no narrator beyond this, or did you ever have an, uh, a particular way of doing that? Like, how do you work together that way? Our approach is kind of uh, like with audio drama, obviously you want to be able to tell as much of the story as you can with sound, either with sound or with dialogue. And like Drew said, try your best to avoid being cheesy. So a lot of the stories that we tell, they're a little 
I, I don't want to say complicated, but you know, they're they're kind of intricate. And in my opinion, you know, and I, I know uh, that a lot of people out there will say there's a way to do it with sound. You just got to figure out how to do it. And I, I believe that. But there are certain cases where narration is needed. Sure. And, you know, a lot of our stories do tend to have a narrator character, but we try to do it in a way that the narrator isn't just a an outside like observer you know what i mean the narrator is a, a character in the story fair enough yeah, yeah. The, the the approach i guess if we even have a uniform approach because i feel like yeah i 100 percent agree with what austin said i, I feel like each story is kind of approached in its own way um and, and what feels right but if we have a uniform approach i would say it's make the narrator part of the story right if that makes sense i mean you know obviously narrator kind of always is but like for instance winnebago warrior i mean the narrator is a character in and of itself and you know winnebago warrior was a lot of kind of poking fun at at, at certain tropes while using them Mm -hmm. uh at the same time and i know that it was approached there with the with the narrator character you know leading you up to stuff and kind of setting the scene and almost reminiscent of like in a way that the narrator kind of worked in dukes of hazard i was gonna say the same thing exactly and that was reminiscent Um, of you know any other kind of fairy tale because you could argue the dukes of hazard was designed almost like modern day fairy tales of the old of the south and the same thing with Winnebago Warrior, definitively. Yeah, definitely. The Dukes of Hazard was for sure a uh, a big influence on the way we approached telling the story in Winnebago Warrior, for sure. Cool. And then, like, with Dark Send, I, I have to have a narrator. Because when you hear it, you'll see that Corrin, the main character, has, has powers. Mm-hmm. And due to the nature of his powers, sometimes you have to explain what happens because he's basically manipulating you know matter on an atomic level right and so he's changing things and and you can do it by sound but you're like you have no idea what goes on so the way i approached it when i wrote that was the main character is the narrator and he's telling a story to some to somebody on the audience it's almost like he's speaking directly to the audience Mm -hmm. so basically all of the dialogue which i have been calling real time as far as how we organize it is kind of a flashback, but it happens in like a real time sense, you know, and, and then Austin, as he designed, did the sound design, worked it into where you have the narrator working in and out of the dialogue. Right. And it, it works really well because a lot of people that, you know, have gotten given us feedback have said, it doesn't really feel like a narrator. Like we know it's a narrator, but it doesn't feel like it because he's telling you a story. He's not just setting it up. Mm-hmm. So is that, and again, I apologize for not hearing it because I didn't know it was on its own feed. And I, I'm looking forward to listening to when we get off. But is it similar in the same way as sort of like uh, Star Trek with the captain's log kind of thing? Uh, Kinda, kinda. It's it's more like literally it, almost every episode starts with, with the main character talking to somebody. Right. Which actually, <laughs> I don't want to spoil anything. It, it actually that is a key element to the story mm-hmm. that you'll find out by the end of the whole thing. Sure. Like, but it comes off like he's literally sitting there with you and he's like, So this is what happened. Like, you know, I, I had this and he's very much talking in his own voice right. and setting things up as well as telling you as things go on, and then it'll lead into a real time dialogue or situation and we'll tell as much as possible with sound. And then when it gets to the point where crazy things are happening, we made sure that we would have the narration at least once explain kind of what's going on so that later on in the series, we can rely more on sound and not necessarily have to say, this is exactly what happened. I would say that, and 
correct me if I'm wrong, but because you guys are, you know, very experienced in this stuff, fantasy and science fiction are the ones that almost scream you need a strong narrator because when you're detailing a world or technology or anything like that, you've got to be able to explain stuff enough for people to be able to see what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So sure. moving on from the the writing side of things, Austin, you've been working on the production side. Can you talk a little bit of some of the main technical difficulties or the challenges you had creating this? Sure. Number one, all of my difficulties are basically revolving around Quarren's powers. Like, how am I going to tell these, you know, describe these powers with sound? The story is, it's an epic story on a small scale. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's it, it, sure. it, it all kind of takes place within one city or whatever, basically, sort of. But the ramifications of the story, the overall arc of the story is, you know, huge. It affects more than just that little the city that it takes place in. So I wanted to make it the sound as big as possible, as cinematic as possible. I, I was going for the audio version of a Michael Bay film, but with good writing. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I can picture that very well. Thank you. With Quarren's powers, like Drew said, they revolve around manipulating matter on an atomic level. And his powers, not only do they not always have the same effect, it's not always the, he's not always doing the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. So in his powers also, like there's a little bit of time warpage that goes on with his powers, like as things are happening to him, because, you know, like with most quote unquote heroes, their right. abilities manifest under trauma or stress. And uh, so, you know, that he's that's how he first comes to have his abilities. Well, that's not how he got his abilities, but that's how he realizes that he has them. And time actually slows down to almost a complete stop. And, you know, he's aware that everything around him has stopped and he's able to work within that. And so, you know, time slowing down was a big factor. Figuring out the way to do that, to do that and make it sound the way I wanted it, it turned out actually that the, the process isn't actually all that hard at all. I just didn't know how to do it. So and how did then, you do it? You know, it, uh, well, for those it, people using Reaper, Reaper, right? So for those people who use Reaper. Yes. Uh, I took the section of uh, the finished section of, of audio and copied it and put it into its own separate project. And I was unaware that you can make the master track of your project visible at the top of your screen and then you can select items within that master track. You can make an envelope to be able to manipulate the play rate of the master track. Cool. So I was able to automate an envelope to make the, the rate of the, 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 the audio slow down or speed up at, at will. That's really and, and it, it, it's it's cool. It, like when you when you do it, it, it even automatically kind of has that old like tape slowing down sound. Like when your battery is ran dead in your cassette player. Right as in the middle of a song or whatever. I mean, it, it, it it's, it's turned out sounding that way. And, you know, that's kind of what I was going for. That's fantastic. It, it works real well too. Yeah. It, you get this neat, like really dramatic moment when it happens. Cause it just like all of a sudden happens You're like, Whoa. Yeah. And it definitely grabs your attention. Was that a, a part of the script that you were looking for Drew? like the, an effect in the script that you were looking for? Or is it just something that, yeah. that made a lot of sense? And uh, it, it was, it was part of it. Like, well, well, the thing was, is like, so I, when I wrote the script, you know, like, I said I I hadn't really written 
a full audio drama script. I'd contributed to writing, but a lot of that was ideas or, you know, a scene or two here or there. When we sat down with the script and we went over it, you know, and, and kind of went through like the final edits and whatnot. And one of the things Austin did was he's like, let's look at what we can turn into sound. And so I actually would change on the, on the Google Doc the words into uh, red font. So if you look at the script and there's red font, that's a section where Austin will take basically what I wrote and then turn it into sound directions cool. and try to do that. So there's a, like a part where Corin mentions time slowed down. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of became a thing. And I actually didn't even mention it as much as we ended up kind of doing it, but that's totally cool. It works. It's the neat thing about this project is even though it's, you know, quote unquote set in stone, it's, it's also very organic. Each time we approach an episode, there's usually so far we're, we're three episodes in through pretty much production and done on obviously two of them are released. And the third one is, is basically done. It's been kind of fun because we always come up to these parts where there's these questions like, well, what if we try this? Mm -hmm. And it wasn't even necessarily something we thought of beforehand. We just kind of get there and, you know, Austin will pitch an idea and I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Like, make, let, you know, let's hear what it sounds like. And he's been really spot on on nailing this. And I've been super happy. And like, I mean, seriously, every new thing I hear coming out just like makes me feel even better about it because I'm like, this is so much bigger and broader than I, I envisioned it even writing it, like just because of the sound design and the voice acting, like everybody's been doing a really good. Dane actually plays the, uh, uh, one of the main characters. Uh, I don't want to give too much away <laughs> there, but he is fantastic in, in that role. And it's like super creepy and pretentious, which is exactly what I wanted. Cool. So since you guys brought it up, I know we're going under the hood and stuff like that, but people who listen to this show certainly are audio drama fans and audio drama producers themselves. So can you take it through the process for us? You've written a script. Who does the editing of it? Do you have somebody in the group that does the editing specifically? Do you follow through with that? What's the next step? Who does the casting? All that kind of stuff. Go ahead, Drew. Um, okay. Basically, the casting, a lot of that depends on like who's written it. You know, if uh, we kind of go by this, you know, if you write it, you're kind of by default the director. Okay. Well, I think he's talking about just Darksend in general. Okay. Well, just Darksend in general. Okay. So basically, I write the script and then I sit down with Austin with it. You know, I'll send it to him beforehand. He'll read it. He might make a few suggestion changes. Then we go through and we clean it up. Like, you know, the and it's the very standard cleanup like okay hey you use this word like three times in this paragraph oh okay crap let's change that right um maybe this could be rephrased it'll come off a little better and so it's you know it just kind of depends we go through the script like that then at that point after we've cleaned it up we go through it again and we see what we can do with sound and we start trying to at that point i'm like dude you don't need this guy saying this i can just make that sound right. yeah <laughs> Exactly. And so then we'll do that. And um, as far as casting goes, some at first when we started, I kind of had some ideas like it, the casting actually changed uh, uh, for a few characters before we even got the first episode fully recorded. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of like, you know, somebody it wasn't that somebody was necessarily doing a bad job, but it would just be like, OK, this isn't fitting exactly right. Of course. So let's shuffle things around a little bit. I have myself and I hate even saying this because I, I don't want to be like that guy, but <laughs> I, I'm playing Corin, And the main reason I did it is I knew exactly how I wanted him to deliver no, his lines. And I know, course. and it, to me, I've Drew doesn't give himself enough credit. <laughs> He's a fantastic actor. No. And I love your stuff, Drew too, but I, I've done the same thing for a lot of shows of mine. If there was somebody 
better that could hit the notes that I wanted for a particular character, I would have been thrilled if they could have done it. But yeah. in the time that I had, in the way that I wanted to get it done, it would was just easier for me to take that role. Right. It's it's sometimes it's hard to explain those qualities uh, that you're looking for mm-hmm. to get somebody else to understand it when when you've created it. You know, it's it's like you know exactly what it sounds like. It's kind of like I always said it was like when you read a comic book, right? And and you see, you hear Spider-Man's voice in in your head. Right. Right. And then and then you watch a cartoon and the voice doesn't sound right. And it just like kind of sticks at you. You're like, it just doesn't work right. Mm-hmm. And and then someone goes, well, wh- what about it isn't right? And it's really hard to explain because you don't actually have like a tangible thing that you're trying to explain. Yes. And so it was easier for me to say, I'll, I'll do this role. I had Mike, because I've known him for so long, play Corin's best friend, Marcus, because I was trying to build off of our natural banter. Right. A little bit like, uh, you know, so a lot of times things got cast like that. Uh, Dane got the role that he got because I I love Dane's voice. Mm -hmm. Like I could almost like listen to him read the phone book like (laughs) he's just got a really cool voice. And and for Dane, the giving him the opportunity to play this character, like he's super excited about it because he doesn't he's never really played this type of character before. And do you have a role in this show too, Austin? Other than doing the production, do you? Because you do a lot of audio acting yourself. I, uh, I I'm I'm briefly in the first episode. I'm there's uh, like a a, ra- a song on the radio in the car, and the song gets broken into by an emergency report, and I'm I'm the voice of the re- emergency report. But I do play a more prominent character a couple of episodes down the road. Yeah, two, actually. Yeah, he's going to play one of the main antagonists and villains. And then he also plays a uh, – I'm just going to go ahead and tell people because I think it's a cool character uh, – <laughs> slightly psychotic uh, cyber doc by the name of Doc Twistoff. Cool. And Austin plays that character as well. They're what I call very important secondary characters right? because they might not be like your – you know main character or whatever but their roles are are very important for the overall story and they just don't show up until later on really i'd like to come back to the writing side of things in a second but once you get past that you've tried to make your first cast most of your recording is done remotely or is it do you do a lot of recording in together at all uh we do it's funny we we handle our recordings like they're remote but we do them together mm-hmm. like we don't ever record as a group mm-hmm. we record each we you know each character individually but everyone is there listening as it's being recorded so you know they 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 already kind of know how to react to the the opposing lines when it comes to their turn to record right so yeah, so you get together on Skype or something like that. No, we 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 just get together in studio. Oh, you get Sarah Golding there, do you? No, well, well except except for Sarah. Except yeah. for well, Sarah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> everybody else can make it. Though you're saying that's great. Yes, yeah. except for Dane. Yeah, except for Dane, Dane and lives Sarah. in the wilds of Montana. Right, that's cool. As you know, I mean, you've done both, and it's great. There are some people who are amazing satellite actors. They're just fantastic, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the most part, it's so much better having everybody there because yes. of that energy that comes in in the room Absolutely. while you're doing the show. Mm-hmm. And it's easier. It's so much easier to direct as well, mm-hmm. you know, when because when they're recording, yeah, even though there's only one person recording in the booth, the the director is sitting in the booth with them. Mm, okay, you know, with the with the script open and the whole deal, and going, hey, I like that. Could you maybe you know uh, raise your pitch a little bit or slow down your cadence or whatever um so yeah most of our recording is done as a group aside from our remote act 
Okay. So you say they're you're all together, but you are still recording separately. Correct. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. That that saves a lot of problems because one of the problems I have is that I have difficulty directing, watching the levels, and acting at the same time. You know, I got to be in one space alone while I'm doing that. So if if I'm directing a scene, I can't be focused on anything else. I got to right. be listening to the actors and right. that kind of thing. It's got to be hard if you were trying to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like basically a standard recording, like say, we'll just use Dark Send again. Say I've got Mike in the booth. He's reading his Marcus lines. I'm directing him in the booth. Austin is literally outside of the booth, sitting at the computer, monitoring sound levels and things like that and kind of giving us the cues on when to start you know give the five seconds of silence the whole deal and he'll even shout out hey you you bled out on that if we have to so it's kind of nice because it's like you said you know you have to do all of that by yourself and we we actually get to work with the team so yeah one person's recording but there's still other people involved in that particular recording taking up those other roles so that not one person's like running back and forth to three different stations trying to do it. Now, how much do you try to bite off and chew in a recording session? Do you do a whole show or a couple of shows or what do you try to do? It varies. Yeah, it does vary, but we try to, since we usually get, like he said, we gather as a group once a week. So we'll, we would typically focus on an episode at a time. Like, you know, Drew would record his lines for a particular episode and then we'll take, get Mike in there to record his lines for that episode or whatever. Or if somebody happens to not show up a particular day or whatever, we may take a particular character and record his lines for two or three episodes or whatever. Yeah, we just each, we just kind of take play it by ear and just do what we can when we can. Right. And it varies because, I mean, you know, you know, as well uh, as as an actor, Jack, that like if you get in there and you're doing a lot, a fatigue can set in. Yeah. And as you get towards the end of your recording session, you're maybe not giving as much as you feel you could because you, you've fatigued yourself. Um, and sometimes, you know, that could either be mentally or even physically, depending on the kind of voice you're doing. Because, right. I mean, there's been some voices where, you know, I. You can only keep up for so long before you end up in a coughing fit or or something <laughs> like that. You're like, oh, my God, I hurt my throat or whatever. So a lot of it varies and kind of depends on, you know, how much does this character have in this episode? So are we only going to record this episode or do they only, you know, do they have multiple appearances, but they don't have a whole bunch of lines? Let's just go ahead and knock all of that out. It's kind of almost a situational decision. Right. And there's all the piecing of that together. Mm-hmm. Which uh, is a bonus since I'm always the one doing the, the recording and monitoring levels and everything. I'm always the one labeling the recordings at the end. So do you have a particular process of labeling? What? How do you go about that? Uh, typically, I will put the character's name, the name of the show, what episode, and then the actor's name. Okay. It's always interesting hearing other people's processes. I'm, I don't know if everybody else finds it interesting. I, I just think it's fascinating yeah. to, to learn yeah, for sure. how people do things and, and why they do them. So now you've got all the recording. It's Then it's totally in your hands. Austin, do you do some rough drafts to send back to Drew, or how do you operate that part? I'll typically put all of the dialogue together first. I try to, you know, get as close as I can to, you know, the proper timing in the dialogue and whatever in the back and forth or whatever between characters. I try to get it as close as I can with just the dialogue edit, and then I'll send it off to Drew or and see what he thinks of it. And then, you know, if I got the okay on the dialogue edit, then I'll, I'll go back and start putting sound effects in. Cool. And about how many different tracks 
end up in one of your shows for uh, for Dark Set. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, <laughs> There's a car wreck in the first episode of the Dark Zone. Right after the initial impact of the car wreck is when the first time slowdown happens. Mm. And so I couldn't find any, you know, the proper car wreck sound that I could even slow down to make it sound right. So I, I basically built the entire car wreck out of individual sounds. <laughs> and I think that just the wreck itself, I think, was 30 to 35 individual sounds together. Wow. And now you have a a large library of sounds. Do you create your own sound effects as well for various stuff? Sometimes. Yeah, the majority of our stuff is pre-existing sound effects that I download, but we actually have been getting more and more into creating our own as we go. My goal is I would like to be able to eventually be able to create all of our sound effects on our own. Sure. I've got a place at my new house uh, I, where I've set up our, t- our studio now is in my detached garage. But right. I have a, another outbuilding about 100 yards away from my house that my eventual plan is to put our studio out there because it's like 25 by 30. Oh, and wow. I mean, we could have an, an actual like sound set set up out there. That's my eventual goal. That'd be exciting. Yeah. Have it ready for MadCon too, so we can all have it out there in Kentucky. Heck yeah, I got the space <laughs> he for does. it. There you go. can make it a MadCon camping trip there too. Oh yeah. There's woods and everything. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fantastic. So let's finish off the process and then I want to back to the to the writing because I had another question on that. So okay. you've listened to it several times. Does it go outside of the circle of the two of you? Do other people in Broken Bard listen to it before you get it out the door? Uh, I know that Dane still has to do the music, right? Yeah, Dane, really, uh, he's really the only other one that we send it to. Everybody else, they can just wait. (laughs) (laughs) And to speak on that, Austin makes me wait. He will call me and he'll be like, dude, I just did this part and he's telling me about a scene, you know, and like this cool action part. And he's like, oh, it sounds great. And the song that you picked for it mixes really well in and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, can I hear it? And he goes, no. (laughs) And and, and I don't get to hear it until he gets done with the rough draft. And then he sends it to me. So he just teases me for like two or three days with, when do you hear this? It's it's awesome. <laughs> so is Dane involved in the script process in the respect that you have a conversation with him, Drew, about where you like to see music in place or the kind of music that you want in place or... Is there that kind of conversation back and forth at all? Yeah, actually there is. So, I mean, you're pretty familiar with Dane's work and, and the stuff he's done. So with, with Dark Send, I was kind of going for like kind of a cyberpunk feel, sure. but it's not full on. It's not full on cyberpunk. It's like, it's pre-cyberpunk. It's set right. roughly about 10 to 11 years in the future from now in a world that's very mm-hmm. much like ours, but not ours. And I was going for kind of a, a goth industrial feel for it to a degree. So I actually sent Dane songs from certain artists and was like, Hey, I'm, I'm looking for something that has this feel or the sound. And then, you know, he did the theme song for it, which the theme song is fantastic. If you get to hear though, we have it up on our Patreon, but you can hear the whole thing beginning to end. And it's a lot of the music that you hear in the trailer with Dane actually singing. It's a great song. Cool. A lot of it though, he'll, he'll, I kind of, he just gets the script and now he knows what kind of feel I'm going for. And he's totally gets it. That's the one thing about Dane. He's always been like that with us. Like we send him a script and we don't, 
don't really have to give him much. He just gets it. Mm-hmm. And he sends us back something and we're like, oh my God, he just nailed it. Like this is perfect. Wow. Occasionally there's a little bit of a tweak. Hey, you know, can we start maybe with a piano here? Like you have right. it later on in the song, but can we start with it as well? You know, there might be a little bit of that. The sure. other thing that's kind of interesting and different to my knowledge, uh, and once again, I am probably overly all ignorant about this, but with Dark Send, I've gotten permission from a lot of licensed bands to actually use their music. Cool. And so if I'm using a licensed song, one of the things we're doing with it is we're putting it within the context of the story so that it's not just necessarily a score. It's actually there. Like the characters are actually listening to it. And I'm very conscientious about the songs that I pick and the lyrics actually being part of the story. That's fantastic. This music that is one strong feature of Broken Bard is that music, it's a strong character in itself mm-hmm. within your stories, for sure. Well, that you can 100% attribute that to Dane. Right. I guess, yeah, except for, sure. for Winnebago Warrior. Dane was only responsible for a couple of the guitar riffs in Winnebago Warrior. The rest of that was written by another friend of mine. But yes, other than that, he's Dane is responsible for all of our music. I'm sorry, I gotta I gotta correct myself as well. Our very very first production as Audio Oblivious Productions, Kevin Hartnell did the music for uh, our show uh, Natural Selection. Oh yeah, he's fantastic. Too. He is fantastic. Kevin's an awesome guy. So then it, it's out, and that's that's fantastic. I was the one other question I had in mind, and I know this has gone long, and I appreciate you guys for taking the time. Oh no worries. Uh, but Drew, when I do a series of that kind of thing. I often find it important that I create it like a Bible so I can keep all stuff in place. Cause you're creating a world. You're talking about secondary characters. Mm-hmm. You're talking about what's going to look like in the future and such. Do, do you have sort of a written out Bible of, of what this story can do and what it can't? Um, not, not as much Bible. Actually, for some of the other things we've done, like uh, one of the upcoming series we have, we, we actually, Austin and I sat down and created a Bible for it. For this, I more or less outlined episodes. I mean, one of the things that's different here as opposed to any of the other stories that we've done that I know of, this story, like I said, it's been in my head for mm-hmm. roughly 20 years. So I pretty much know. And to a degree, I also don't. I know how the story started. I know what happens, like certain beats that happen in the story, and I know how it ends. But there's times as I'm writing it, things grow and change organically. And I've actually, in the writing it, added some concepts and did some things to characters that I never envisioned doing just because I was writing it and the ideas kind of started popping into my head or or things just kind of organically grew that Very way. Cool. So while I have outlines, I would not say that I have a Bible. Very cool. Well, I hope I hope you don't get yourself your lines crossed somewhere in season three and mention something in season one. But it sounds like you've thought it out so well. We can get a chance to look forward to it's already on its own feed. Where can people find both Broken Bard and Dark Side. For our standalone stories, you can find those. You can look up Broken Bard Studios Presents. That feed is through Spreaker FM. Our other feed is just Dark Send. But it, they're both available on all podcatchers through iTunes or Spotify or iHeartRadio or yeah. any, anywhere else that you can find podcasts, really. Yeah, the Darksend link is literally darksend.lipson.com. But like Austin said, we're also on Spotify okay. and iTunes and Stitcher, and we're moving forward trying to get on a couple other platforms. I know we just did a submission soon, so we're waiting to hear back from that platform. But yeah, if you just put uh, the word Darksend in your search on your podcatcher, it should come up. Yeah. 
Or you can go to our website at brokenbardstudios.com. Right, which actually we uh, I do have to update that uh, with the second episode. We have not updated the second. To be fair, we haven't updated that. But it does have everything else on it. And, you know, then we've got our Twitter, which is Broken Bard Prod. We are Facebook, Broken Bard Studios. Uh, that's a really good place, too, because that, that's getting updated constantly. In fact, uh, the news feed on our website is actually our Facebook feed. And so th- you're going to have a new episode out uh, do you have a particular like every two weeks or every month, every month. or just the 29th of every month? Yeah. Perfect. The 29th of every month. So expect that everyone. Thank you so much for coming in. It's been a great pleasure to chat to both Drew Prophet and Austin Beach of Broken Bard Studios. Thank you, gentlemen. Hey, thank you for Jeff, having thanks us. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Have a great night. All right. You too. Take care. You too. listening to Sunday Showcase on the Mutual Audio Network, we invite you to continue the amazing audio tomorrow on Mutual with the Monday Matinee. Our weekly series of dramatic, theatrical, classic, eclectic, and live radio dramas. You can subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed every day for the world's largest curated collection of audio drama or find the Monday Matinee feed in your favorite podcast players. See you tomorrow at the Matinee and thanks so much for listening.